Welcome to As A Creator, the podcast that dives deep into the minds and stories of the top content creators on Instagram and TikTok. I'm your host, Charlotte Trucarton. I'm a TikTok creator and owner of Tar Charms Water Bottle Accessories, and I'm thrilled to be here with you. Today, we are talking to Alexander Campbell, also known as at AC Floral Studio on Instagram and TikTok, where he has over 1.3 million followers and 26.1 million likes. Before Alex got into floral design, he had no idea what he wanted to do. But once he started studying it and making videos, he quickly saw how social media could transform his future and his business. In today's episode, we talk about his creative strategy, how he's built a brand from his platform, the ins and outs of working with an agent, how he monetizes his content, and so much more. Now, before we get started, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Char Charms. If you own a water bottle, Char Charms will make your hydration fun and functional. Shop water bottle accessories at charcharms.com. Now let's get started. Welcome, Alex, to As A Creator. It is so great to have you on. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's so amazing to be here because I've been listening to your podcast, like really, I think since it came out. So yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I think that is such a funny coincidence. And honestly, like your videos just popped up on my Instagram feed one day. And I was like, wait, this guy has some really great content. I have to have him on. Like, it's so different and unique um, doing, you know, floral arrangements. So I'm really excited to hear about, you know, how you go about your strategy and how you've built such a crazy large following between your Instagram and your TikTok um, and and just all of that. So kind of jump in and tell me, Mm. you know, how long ago did you start on your social media and why did you even start? So I started, I think I opened the accounts in December 2020, but I started posting in February 2021. So like two and a half years now, which is crazy. I just think with the pandemic and everything, time is just kind of I don't know, that first year kind of just went by in such a blur. But yeah, two and a half years. Um, and really, I started because in the February, just before the pandemic, I did my first ever flower course. And then the pandemic hit. So obviously, I couldn't do any work. Like, there were no events, no freelance opportunities, like nothing I could really do to kind of practice. So yeah, after like a few months, I was like, okay, I really want to do flowers. I really want to be creative. And I was just trying to find a way of getting into that. So um, that's kind of why I chose social media. And at the time, nobody was really doing flowers on social media, like reels wasn't really a thing. And um, like, I really love like all the makeup videos and like fashion videos. And there's so many other like creative outlets that have a space online where, you know, they can be creative and they show everybody their work. And it wasn't really the case for flowers. So back then, I just really wanted to kind of like democratize flowers, I guess, if I can say that and and make it more uh, like ubiquitous and kind of more mainstream. So yeah, that's kind of why I started. But how did you even start with flowers? Like, because your arrangements are so elaborate. Like, where did you right. even start getting these flor- like flowers? And how did you start coming up with your ideas on how you were going to create your videos? Yeah, I mean, it, it was really, I think, if I were to go back to like two and a half years ago, I would never have planned my socials to go like in this way. And I, I think, you know, you do one video and then somebody would comment something or what, like when you make that video, it inspires you to do another video. And it's kind of like a chain reaction that just sort of snowballs and grows and grows. But in terms of now, because I think I'm kind of known for like inspired by videos where I kind of take things from pop culture or like movies or whatever, and then kind of interpret them into floral arrangements. Um, that started because really at the start of my like online career, I was doing like loads of black flowers and people were saying like, 
oh, why don't you do like, I don't know, movie inspired flowers or something. And I think it was just that one comment and I just like took that and ran with it and made a whole career out of it. So yeah, I wish I could find that one comment that said that because I'm so grateful to that person. Yeah. Well, what were you doing before that? Like, what were you doing before the inspired type videos? Um, So really, there wasn't too much online. Um, I think I'd uploaded like five or six videos, which had like four or five views on every single one. But like, it's so weird because I like I knew that I needed to get TikTok. Like I'd never had TikTok in the first bit of the pandemic. And I was just like, you know, sorry, my cats are here. They like to join in too. That's I okay. Like, you know, I, I just want to make videos. I just want to do it. So like when I started, I was kind of like, no offense to myself. I was just making like a bit of crap really. And just kind of like figuring out what worked and what didn't work. It seems like you just posted five videos and then you started going viral immediately after that. Is that what it looked like? Yeah, more or less actually. Um, th- yeah. Wow. That's so wild. I, I because was very lucky. I feel like so many creators, right, they put out that like crappy content for months trying to figure out like what is going to work for them. And it takes them some time to get there. But some creators, it's I started an Instagram or a TikTok. I posted five videos and then, you know, one hit and I'm like, okay, perfect. I know what I want to do now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think as well, like for me, because I'm so specific and so niche like it it was just kind of like quite novel back then. So maybe that was the reason why it kind of blew up almost straight away. Um, But yeah, I I get it. Like it's definitely a process. And I think that initial process is so important for like other creators and all of us in an online space, because you have to figure out what works for you, what you like doing and what like, you know, people like to watch. So yeah, it's, I guess everyone's journey is different. Definitely. So was that on TikTok also, or when did you transition over to TikTok as well? Yeah, it was TikTok was my like main platform to start with. And then I okay. kind of transitioned to Inst- or I think I, I can't remember back then. TikTok was my priority. And I think I was uploading stuff on Instagram, but it like took a back seat. And now paradoxically, it's kind of swapped over that I'm putting more effort into Instagram than TikTok, I guess. Really? Um, That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Why? Why that switch? Um. I think Instagram is a lot more stable for one. Um, so it's more consistent. So I always know kind of, and I feel like I know the audience better and what they're going to like and what's going to perform better. And it's also, TikTok is good for so many things, but it's definitely for like exposure. Whereas TikTok, uh, sorry, Instagram is for community. And I think I'm at a place in my career when I'm really focused on building a community, like really strengthening like my loyal um, kind of base of followers. And I get that more on Instagram and it, it's more easily monetizable Instagram than TikTok as well. So how can you tell? Like, in, how can I tell that it's easily? Like, yeah, like how can thing? you tell that that's where the monetization is happening? That's a good question. And I think maybe I'm kind of guessing, but it's because I have so much more contact with people on Instagram, like through DMs and through comments that I see, you know, like when I launch like an online product or like an online course or something, I can see people on Instagram who buy it. And then I kind of see like how many numbers I have overall of people signed up. Like I have an online membership, right? So um, I, like I know how many people are in the membership and I know how many people are on Instagram, which is like 90% of them. So um, I think just because it's much more like constant that I know my content's going to get out there to the right people. Whereas TikTok, one day you can have a million views and the next day you have like 10K views on a video. So it's really like all over the place a bit. 
Totally. But most of your followers are on TikTok. You have 1.3 yeah. million on TikTok. And on Instagram, you have 270,000-ish. Yeah. Um, so even though the follower count is much lower on Instagram, I could kind of agree with you that Instagram followers are worth more than TikTok followers. I know. And I, I think that too. And it sounds so bad to say like worth more because I'm so grateful for everyone. But you're right. Like the, the monetary value that they kind of like possess is it's greater than on TikTok. Right, definitely. Well, question about how you utilize both TikTok and Instagram. TikTok, are you reposting everything from TikTok to Instagram? Yes. Um, 90% of stuff, 85 okay. to 90%. Because different, like, really, my stats are like completely different on TikTok and Instagram. And I think that's why, like, different content hits different. You know, if I do like a voiceover video on TikTok, it will do quite well, whereas that same bit of content will not do well at all on Instagram. Um, but yeah, it's more or less the same, but Interesting. slightly different. Hmm. So you're really picking and choosing what, yeah. like, okay, I think this video from TikTok could do well on Instagram. Yeah, but I will say one thing that like, if something goes really viral on TikTok, it's a good bit of content so that will also do really well on Instagram and kind of like vice versa. Got it. Yeah, that's what I've seen. But there's definitely been videos on my own Char Charms account where like, they get oh, really? 3 million on TikTok. And then I post it on Instagram, and it literally gets like a 1000 views. I'm like, Okay, well, that's I know it just <laughs> doesn't so make annoying. any sense. And it's so frustrating, right? And it like adds so much confusion, because you're like, Oh, my God, like, what do people want? How can it be so like drastically different? And it must be so tough for you to like, as a business owner to kind of like, figure out your content strategy or even have a strategy. Yeah, well, I'm still in the process of figuring out like the type of style of video that works for us. I'm like, I'm still in that phase of every single video is completely different. Like you don't know what you're going to get when you're scrolling on my feed. And so I'm yeah. working right now on, I think the best, okay, to summarize this, like the best content creators are the ones where when you see them first pop up on your For You page, like for example, when I saw your video, I clicked on your at and then every single video is going to be very similar style. Like you're creating bouquets, it's inspired by videos, or it's something about floral arrangements. And like, everything is within that same style. And I think you can binge that creator. So like you can go through and scroll and you're like, okay, every single one of these videos is what you saw basically on your for you page. And that's I think, like the best type of content creator out there are the ones that are just honing in on that one niche style of video. And like, I just yeah. haven't found that yet. So like, I'm working. You will, it. you're gonna get that. I know you will. No, Charge I know. Is so cute as well. Like ever since I heard the first podcast, it was like sponsored by Charge Arms. I was like, let's take a look at Charge Arms. Let's see what's <laughs> going on. But you do so well, honestly. Thank you. Yeah, no, we're working on it. I think we'll find something that works for us. Um, but I actually would love to talk to you about your content creation strategy, because oh, you are gosh. putting out lots of videos and i'm sure this has changed over the years so mm -hmm. tell me you know right now how often are you posting on tiktok i mean right now right now not very much because paradoxically like the busier i am with like the running of my business my day-to-day -day life the less i'm posting and then kind of what i'm not doing i think i'm posting a ton of content and people think that i'm so busy when i'm posting and you know like it kind of gets mixed up but um i try to do like two to three videos a week, I would say if I'm if I'm having a good week, it'll be like three videos and a photo, and that's great. And then stories every day. Um, but right now, I would say I'm doing between like one and three videos a week, um, just because I've got so much else going on. And like, I think 
for me, there's such a difference between niche and novelty. And I'm always like on the very fine line between them. And I have to be so careful because if I tip into novelty, it's probably not going to do very well. So I have to kind of keep myself on the right line. And just when I'm busy, I, I can't be that focused on content because it has to hit, you know? So um, yeah, sorry, that was a really long answer. Generally can, you, speaking to... can you explain niche versus novelty videos? Yeah. So niche is that like you're a content creator and you have your like specific thing that you do. So in my case, it's flowers, but it could be like, you know, fashion or makeup or um, I don't know, like gym stuff, whatever, like that's your niche. Whereas novelty and, and that would be pretty consistent, right? So people will always go back, as you say, like binge worthy content, people will kind of know what to accept. And like every video is kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like accessible to everybody and like universally appealing, let's say, but with your specific niche, whatever that may be. Whereas novelty is just something very, very specific, which one day might blow up and then another day really might not blow up. So because it's like such a novel thing. So it's always better to be niche than the novelty, I think, because it's just more consistent and easily, more easily monetizable. Okay, so right now you're posting a couple times a week, you know, three is the mm -hmm. goal. And yeah. let's say you are having one of those weeks where you, where you can post three videos. Mm -hmm. How are you planning those videos? Are you planning that ahead of time? Or is it like, you know what, this is a great idea for a video, let me go do it. Yeah, it's literally that. Like, I don't really have too much. Sometimes I have a strategy, but I just find like what works best for me is that I get like inspired in the moment and I make it and it's fresh in my mind. And then I kind of edit and upload rather than like planning out a content strategy. But I really feel this is so specific for everybody. For me, it's just if I try and plan it, I overthink everything and it's like never that good. So yeah, it's um and, and as well, lots of my content, like I try to reply to like followers comments and things they'll say they'll see a video and they'll be like oh can you please make this one or can you do this as a floral like a, a flower arrangement whatever so it is quite like in the moment um and as well i feel like maybe less to a lesser extent now but definitely in the past tiktok was so in the moment like you couldn't plan it because trends came up every week or every day even so you know different trending sounds different things that people were doing so you had to always be like kind of on top of that um, but now I will probably at the start of the week, like sit down and think about more or less the type of things that I want to do, but then it can be like a random Thursday and I'll wake up feeling inspired and I'll just make a video and that will be the best performing one for me. So. Oh, I feel like that's the core of what a content creator really just needs to do is like, they just get inspired to be creative and it, you can't pigeonhole creativity into like planning it onto a notebook and like writing it down. No, no, definitely not. And I think um, if you force creativity, it very rarely comes. So you have to just, and I think that's the great paradox of it all, because like, obviously this is a business for so many of us, we have to um, like upload content. We have to be making things and that pressure of when like of obligation, it kind of like, for me, it stops that creative process. So it's, it's difficult to balance, right? I guess we're the same with Char Chams and with your profile. Right. But you have a talent manager, right? So like you're yeah. working with an agency. Do you ever mm -hmm. feel that pressure from your talent manager or your agency in general, um, just to continue to perform, like just to continue to post a lot and perform really well? Because I feel like that would kind of squash that creativity as well, that external pressure. Yeah, I, I don't. But that's just because I have really high standards for myself without sounding like really arrogant. But like I analyze every single piece of my content. And if it doesn't hit a certain amount of stats, it's just a bad piece of content. So 
you know, and friends try and comfort. They're like, no, it's the algorithm, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's a bad piece of content. It was a bad video and people didn't like it. So I have really high like standards for myself. And that's sometimes why I would post less as well, just until I'm figuring it out. So I haven't really had that issue like with my manager yet. And she's really supportive as well. Like if I do need some time out, she'll give me time out. And, you know, she's always around for a call. If ever I'm feeling like so, so stuck on what to do, she's around and she helps out. So yeah, she's great. I love that. Okay, so then mm. let's say you have a wake up one day and you're like, okay, awesome idea. You know, new TV shows yeah. out, everyone's talking about it. Um, I want to make a bouquet for it and do a video. What is the time commitment during the day? Like, how are you going about that? How long does it take you to make that video and then edit it and post it? It'll be a full day. If it's like that, which I have had days like that, that I'll wake up in the morning, I'll go to the gym and be like, bam, this, it's a full day thing. So, as soon as I finish at the gym or like if I'm at home, whatever I'm doing, um, I'll go straight to the wholesaler in the cab. I'm kind of like planning out in my head and like thinking of the because when you do like inspired by flower arrangements, it's like very color based. So you kind of have to break it all down into different colors and textures and additional elements. I'm kind of doing all of that. Buy the flowers, come back and make them and, and edit. And then probably by the night time, I'll be finished. But yeah, definitely a, a full day thing. If I start at like nine in the morning, it'll probably be ready by like 10 in the evening. If it's a good video, I can do like a piece of crap in like an hour, but I don't want to do that. So how much are you spending on all the florals that you buy for a video? I didn't even really like, lot, I thought you had your own floral studio and you could just have them. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I do have my studio as well, but, um, yeah, I would say on social media, I probably spend like around a thousand euros a month, like a thousand dollars a month on flowers. It depends on the month. Like, be a bit more could be slightly less but yeah probably around that oh that's a pretty big investment into your social media to do all yeah. of that how do you monetize that so it comes back at 10x well like it is all tax deductible so that's one thing that i can take it off my taxes which is good and you know when i was starting out and i was spending all of this money and i wasn't monetizing i just kept thinking like hey, every business has their marketing budget they have X amount that they spend on an intern or somebody helping them on Google ads or like whatever it is. And this is just my marketing budget. Back to the question of monetization. I have different like ways. So obviously like most creators, I do brand partnerships. Um, probably for me, I would do one every six to seven weeks just because I'm very specific, but the ones I do have tend to be like really big ones, which is like great. I'm so grateful for. Um, and then I have like my online membership and online courses, and then obviously I have my business as well. So like weddings and events. Now a quick thank you to our sponsor, Charcharms. If you need a back to school gift or you're thinking about holiday gifts, go check out Charcharms water bottle accessories at charcharms.com. Now back to the interview. I love what you said about how this is just your marketing budget. And I think a lot yeah. of people don't think of it that way. They're like, oh, this is TikTok. We'll just try it out, see what happens. But they're not actually investing into it like they would be Google ads or Facebook ads or whatever it is. And yeah. I like I that is just what you just said. I need to like write down and post that everywhere. Like on LinkedIn because <laughs> yeah, people I'm aren't glad thinking that I've about it that something. way. You really did. And even I haven't thought about TikTok that way is like sometimes you just need to invest into it as part of the marketing. Yeah, you're so right. I think it's so much. I mean, all different ads like Google ads, Facebook ads, whatever, they all have their value. But I think by building like a really, really strong, like highly engaged profile is the most valuable thing you can do. So if you have to spend money on it, you have to spend money on it. And it's 
the thing is, it's not like overnight. So I, I guess, you know, I was lucky because I was in a position where I could spend like the first year of my online career just spending this and, you know, not really getting anything back. But I know that not everybody is in that position. So not everyone can just like spend or like have these different budgets. So yeah, I, I was privileged mm -hmm. and lucky to be able to do that. But yeah, I guess if you can't so, invest money, you can always invest time, right? So that's the second true. best one. True. So out of the different spokes on your wheel of monetization, you know, brands mm -hmm. and your own membership, which of those is bringing in the most amount for you? Partnerships, I would say. At, yeah, at the moment. And what does Definitely. that look like? Like in terms of value? Or like yeah, yeah, video? both. Like if you're doing, yeah, if you're doing one brand partnership, like are they asking you to do one video for you? And if they are, like, is there a ballpark mm -hmm. of how much they're paying you? Yeah, so it's always so complicated. And I think that kind of like, as we were just talking about, like before we started the, the podcast, like the lack of transparency is furthered because every deliverable is so different. Like a deliverable is what you have to give to the brand. Um, so if it's just like a video and they're not going to use it for their own advertising, and they're not going to use it on their own channels, if it's just me posting, it's a totally different budget then if a brand wants a video, they want to use it, they want to use it with six month usage as well. That's so different and that's so much more expensive. And for me, really like when brands hire me, like it, it is usually the second option that they want to use it on their profile or they want to use it as a sponsored ad or or different things. So um, yeah, it, it depends. I So no, I've had some like really like good ones this year. And like I worked with Disney in April, which was like my kind of highest grossing one so far, which was like mid five figures for the campaign. But it was like, it wasn't just one video. I, I like, I went all the way to Florida and I made six different videos for them and they used them in different like promotional things um, as well, like on their own channels. So it was like, came up as like sponsored ads, which was so cool to like see myself on like Walt Disney World stories. Um, and yeah. And, and then actually like I'm doing a campaign now for Instax, you know, like the Polaroid cameras, mm -hmm. which again is like a similar this point so um things are going really well so far this year i kind of started the year wanting to earn like around 100k in brand partnerships this year and hopefully touch wood by the end of this next month by the end of september i should be getting like uh close to that so fingers crossed i feel really grateful oh my god alex that is crazy and what's so interesting to me is that i've had creators on here that um they have 2 million followers or 3 million followers and yeah. they're you know they're getting paid just a couple hundred dollars or like a couple, a couple of thousand hundred. dollars yeah like yeah like they're taking lower deals and yeah. it's so crazy to see the difference in how you're getting paid right thousands and thousands of dollars like that is more than a month's salary or several yeah, months yeah, salary yeah. for most people. And then there's yeah. other creators that have double your amount of followers and are not getting paid as much. Do you know yeah. like maybe why that would be? So I have like different theories and I think it's actually like kind of a, a there's lots of different things that go into that. Like, I think the first one for me is like when a brand reaches out to work with me, it's like a very specific campaign because I'm such a specific creator and they know exactly what they want. So it's like, usually kind of a higher price point. Um, I think as well, it's um, just completely lost my train of thoughts. There was that one which is like medium specific. Sorry. I think, yeah, secondly as well, because I have my manager, Regan, and she like comes from an advertising background. She has a business, so she knows what brands pay. 
you know, sometimes I'm, she, we're like texting and I'm sat at home and she's like, no, we're going to charge this much. And I'm like, oh my God, that seems like so much. And I would be so scared to even do that. But because I have her to negotiate on my behalf, she just like, sorry, she just like balls it, you know, and she like high balls and she like gives the reasons why and whatever. And brands usually have the budget to do that. Um, but me, I would never do that. So I think if creators aren't represented by somebody, I totally get it because you need a pay, everyone needs paychecks, right? You need to get that campaign. And I think we all have the, the tendency to think like, okay, but a lower price point, I'll know I get it confirmed. You know, I don't want to lose this because I need the money. And that would definitely be me. Like if I didn't have Regan, my manager, I would really like put the price point much lower because I wouldn't want to lose it. So I think there's that as well. And um, yeah, it, it just depends really. I mean, I think the ones that I do personally, they're never like, sometimes they are, but like 70% of the time, they're kind of like just standalone ones for me. Whereas if there's like an agency who's contacting a hundred different influencers to do a campaign, the budget is much lower per influencer because they have like X amount of dollars for everybody. Uh, so I guess if somebody has like a higher following, but maybe they're not so niche or they're like a bit more general and there's like lots of other influencers in the talent pool, maybe the price is lower just because it's like split between so many people. Right. No, that makes that a lot a of sense. To he... give. I'm so sorry. It it definitely is. And having a great manager that can vouch for you and say like, no, he's worth 10 K like pay up yeah. or buy. Like, <laughs> and the thing that's is, brands huge. Have budget. Like if you think about how much a brand would pay for a traditional advertising campaign between TV ads, like billboards, paying for talent, you know, using talent for like a year or six months, it's massive. It's like five, 10 times more than, than what like most of us would charge for like a traditional campaign. So we as creators have so much more value to them as well because we have this loyal base and for lots of us they will watch the ads they will see the product and there's like much higher visibility for them and the budget's lower than what they would pay for a traditional one so yeah don't be scared like know your right. worth know your value understand that brands have a lot of money that to spend on it and you know if, if you don't feel comfortable doing it i totally understand maybe get a friend to do it if you're not represented or try and find somebody to represent you just at least to do negotiations because it yeah it, it's awkward yeah now if you do get a brand deal so like now you're working with in it's it's you said it's instax the can't like the yeah, instant like camera the cameras. Yeah. so how are you going to implement them into a video because you don't really do stuff with photography well i mean i guess maybe yeah. you are going to do a photography style video for your is that what you're thinking no, so I wish I I'm I'm gonna have to sign an NDA so I can't really like say too much about this brand campaign. Okay. Um, but like you know, uh, I'll text you after what it's about. Okay, that's okay. No, no worries. I was just curious because I feel like a lot of creators will struggle to bring in the brand into like their natural style of videos. And yeah, so like when it's, it's something that yeah, when it's something that's just like a random product or um a service or something and you're getting paid you know you want to try mm. to do your best to incorporate it without it sounding salesy or like you got you know like you sure. sold out and i think that's such an important thing to say as well because you know i always have the mindset that i never say no to money not just like campaigns but in my work like if anyone wants something i'm gonna do it just because i don't want the bad karma of like turning money away from my door so i always work like i always say yes but sometimes it's more valuable to say no to a campaign. If you know in your heart that it's not aligned with you, if you know that it's going to sound too commercial, too much of an ad, and it's not aligned with you and your brand as a creator, it's worth more money to say no 
than like saying yes, taking a paycheck and having an underperforming ad that other brands will then see and then be like, well, they did this campaign and it didn't do well, so why would we give them money? But it's hard, you know, like it's hard to say no. Right. Well, Alex, what has been one of your most proud moments as a content creator so far? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I have one actually. So in February, I did a campaign for a perfume company and they were doing a launch in Harrods in London. I don't know if you know Harrods is like um, kind of like Saks Fifth Avenue or like Macy's or, or Bloomingdale's. I don't know. It's like a big luxury department store in Wait, London. Was, it, was this Dior? No, it was uh, Grace of Monaco, it's called, the brand. It's like a French one. It's a nonprofit. The, the campaign, it was like kind of six weeks ago, like talking about it and going through it. And then the actual, it was kind of two-pronged. So there was a video that I uploaded. Well, there were two videos. There's one video of like kind of promoting the perfumes and another one which is the vlog of me like decorating their stand that they had in Harrods. And the day of the launch that I was like decorating was the exact same day that I was in London two years prior doing my first ever flower course. So it was like the first day I worked at the door, then two years of the day I was back in the same city working in Harrods with this incredible brand in this like world renowned store. And it was really just one of those moments that I was like, this is amazing. I'm so grateful to the universe, to God, like for all of this happening right now. So that was really really me and then obviously disney this year as well like i cried a lot uh with my friend who came with me because i was like i can't believe we're here and like you know like standing in the parks like uh before they open like with the sun rising and this like whole team of people at disney like working with me on making this campaign i was like oh my god this is like the most incredible thing i've ever done so it was very emotional as well so yeah oh my god i just got goosebumps listening to that that's so oh. cool and you just and you still have so much to like you still have such a great journey ahead of you like you're only two years in i hope so i hope so i think it's important to like notice the small wins as well you know like there's things to be grateful for every single day and i think that's also really important in in the journey but yeah hopefully hopefully the future goes well just have to continue working hard and you know doing things authentically i guess Let's yeah see. absolutely no i believe in you so alex oh, thank you. That's so nice. you're, you're welcome last question for you here in mm -hmm. one sentence what do you think is the essence of being a successful content creator hmm i think authenticity is so important in whatever you do do you know it's it's important to follow trends and kind of do what people want you to do but like if i look back at me and my personal journey as a creator i did that when nobody else was really doing it and that sounds so arrogant to say maybe i should phrase that differently like you know there wasn't really a market for it when i started doing it and even when i started friends were saying like oh, are you sure you want to be doing like socials like flowers how's it's going to work but i i knew and i believed in myself a lot and i think I always have acted like in a quite an authentic way to what feels right for me. So I think as creators, try and be as authentic as you can. And I just believe it. And you have to believe in yourself as well. So be your biggest cheerleader. Absolutely. Love that. And thank you so much for being on. Alex, before we hop oh my off, goodness, thank why you so don't, much. of course, why don't you give a shout out to some of your TikTok and Instagram pages so people can go follow you? Yeah. So it's at AC Floral Studio. Um, on all socials and if you want to follow me that's great and if you don't want to that's okay too but um yeah thank you so much for having me Charlotte I'm so so grateful to be here honestly thank you for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed the show please give the show a follow and a rating also follow as a creator on Instagram at as a creator so you can see when new episodes come out see you guys next week